Welcome to the Paranormal News Insider for the week of December 29th, 2020. And this is the final episode of 2020. And yeah, good riddance to 2020. And this is officially episode number 464. And this is your host, Dr. Brian D. Parsons. And we are live on the Paranormal King radio network at ParanormalKing.com. In stereo, we're available. And yeah, 2020 coming to an end. This is the final show here on the Paranormal News Insider for 2020. This is New Year's Eve, 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 I guess. And I uh, hope everybody had a fantastic Christmas, or at least the best you could with what you got. Uh, hopefully you were safe. And, uh, you know, at least you, hopefully you got to see some family and friends and things like that. So uh, just a, an odd year all around for everybody. I can't complain. I had a lot of good things happen for me this year. A couple of raises, promotions, and a new house, bought a motorcycle. So, yeah, some good stuff for me. But uh, just going to work was not the same. Just the fear and seeing uh, friends and family struggle with things. It's, it's not, it's not a good year for most people overall. Uh, so a lot of people can't wait to turn the page, but hopefully uh, 2021 will bring more fortune to the world. That's my hope. Uh, not a prediction. It's just a hope here. Uh, so tonight we've got the final two of the top 10 paranormal news stories of 2020. And we'll talk about some of the, I'm not going to go in depth in the other top tens from the last 12 years that I've been doing the, the countdowns, but uh, we'll probably explore the top three. It depends on how much time we have. And then we'll uh, explore the top 10 for this year again. I think it's important to look back on not only the year that was, but also the years that go by because these stories sometimes get lost over time. And, and I think sometimes we only remember the headline. We only remember when these stories came out. We don't remember really how they ended. And so that's uh, one of the, the things I do when I do this show, documenting all of these stories. I literally have hundreds of pages of notes and links and uh, all the show notes that I do each and every week for the last 463 shows. Well, even this one's already pretty much done. That's a lot of it's a lot of uh, notations and and research and stuff that I've done. So, uh, you know, the top ten is kind of an enjoy enjoyment for me to do this, but uh, also to remember the year. And I know, like I said, a lot of people don't want to remember 2020, but. Um, some interesting things happened this year, and we can't deny that. And uh, the paranormal kind of was a distraction for a lot of people. Uh, I figured that uh, a lot more people would jump into this field uh, due to having time. But uh, unfortunately, uh, people weren't able to because we couldn't travel. We couldn't do the things that we normally do. So um, I don't know, maybe hopefully people read some new books and things like that and rediscovered the paranormal. But uh, I don't know. For me, it, it meant not being able to go to any conventions this year. Uh, it meant uh, I did do one uh, conference-type thing uh, via the Internet. 
uh, was good, but it wasn't. It just didn't have that feel. I'd rather be live in person when doing a presentation. So yeah, it was a little different, a little bit different this year. But again, we look ahead. We turn the page. But tonight we're going to look back on 2020. Give it one last little wink uh, before we extend a finger toward it, and we use that finger to turn the page to 2021. So tonight. Encrypted news. Last week, we talked about the Golden Yeti Awards going to the Cryptozoologist of the Year, as well as the Lifetime Achievement Award. And uh, along with uh, some notable people who passed away, uh, Lauren Coleman always does a a fantastic job of wrapping up the year. Uh, One thing that was missing that did come out a few days ago was the top 10 cryptozoology stories of 2020 and i always enjoy reading his top 10 list uh, to kind of see where my cryptid stories ended up uh, in my top 10 compared to his list granted i'm dealing with uh, ghosts ufos as well as just strange earth things or strange stories in general so he's just got cryptozoology Uh, his list was presented number one to number 10 I'm going to read it upside down. I'm going to go from 10 to number one. So his number 10 story was the monumental deaths of cryptozoologists in 2020, including Brian Sykes, Paul LeBlond, Dmitry Bayanov, and Tom Page, in addition to many, many others this year. And I kind of talked about that last week of how this field is, is aging. And a lot of people are getting up there in age. And it doesn't seem like there's as many young people coming into the field as as what we're losing on the other end. So it's a little disturbing uh, for the future of this field, uh, of the uh, Bigfoot and cryptozoology field in general. It seems like more people are into Bigfoot, but cryptozoology in general. Uh, Number nine was multiple toy companies releasing cryptid figures. And it seems Bigfoot and other large bipedal creatures are the most popular. Uh, I didn't really read or hear anything about that, but I do have uh, a few tubes of the uh, cryptozoology uh, figurines from, I got mine a couple of years ago, but uh, apparently they're being reissued and they got pretty popular this year. Uh, number eight on his list was the discovery of a new species of beaked whale near the remote San Benito Islands in Mexico. Uh, Number seven was the discovery of a new species in Africa of a tree hyrax, which is a small creature. It kind of looks like a a large guinea pig. I've never seen one that I know of or that I can remember. I'm sure, you know, we always go to the zoo and we see stuff and we're like, yeah, yeah, pretty cool animal. We forget about it after we uh, eat lunch. Uh, Number six was the discovery of a new species of monkey in central Myanmar. Uh, I forget when that was. I think that was it was pretty recent, September, October, I think. Uh, number five is on the new possible third species discovery of the living fossil fish known as the coelacanth. That's a pretty big deal, but uh, they're not 100% sure. Uh, number four uh, was the attempted murder of a Bigfooter. I guess that's what you call people who study Bigfoot. On September 2nd, Gwendolyn Michelle Jones was arrested after she allegedly fired a weapon at a sleeping male multiple times. Uh, Lauren Coleman, 
kind of speculates that he wonders if this Bigfooter that was being shot at was none other than Todd Standing. Standing had been in Alabama filming with Jones, uh, but there's been really no official release of his name, the person that was being shot at, but it would make sense. Would make a lot of sense. Uh, number three on Lauren Coleman's list was the Washington State Department of Transportation's Bigfoot photos of Bigfoot. So some random photos and traffic cams showed a strange figure. Uh, but this was a story that failed to crack my top ten. Uh, but I remember talking about this in, in January. It was a nice way to start 2020 with a series of stories where the Washington State Department of Transportation posted screen caps of purported Bigfoot sightings, uh, which turned out to be a wood cutout, which was uh, kind of speculated to be that. It almost made the top 10. Uh, I didn't quite. Number two story was the Loch Ness Monster hoax. And this story was part of my number four story this year, which included the less viral sighting stories. Nobody really cared about that outside of Scotland, it seemed. Uh, along with the Bigfoot, the Bigfoot, why did I read Bigfoot? No, the biggest Nessie story of the year was this, uh, this hoax. Uh, Steve Chalice faked the Loch Ness Monster photo using an old photograph of a large catfish. Uh, he didn't know this, but uh, catfish, uh, their scales are like human fingerprints. Uh, they're, uh, they're very unique to each animal, so he didn't know that. Uh, sharp-eyed, eagle-eyed internet researchers knew this and uh, exposed this hoax. And he just kind of sidestepped it. But it was a pretty big story there for a little while. Uh, but I tossed it all together. The Bigfoots, or the Bigfoot, here we go again. The uh, Loch Ness Monster sightings along with this hoax and the uh, sonar images that came uh, toward the end of the year. Uh, two current ones and one historical one because somebody left you know, felt left out, you know, fear of missing out, I guess. Um, that launched that story into number uh, four for me, you know, if you combine everything together. Uh, uh, let's see, his number one story, imagine this, uh, was the effect that COVID-19 had on a specific cryptid named the Rock Ape. It's a little complicated here. Uh, so Coleman focuses on the mortality rate of Vietnam veterans that occurred during the pandemic and how the loss of the veterans has lost or led to a loss of information of personal encounters of the rock ape in Southeast Asia. Well, hopefully they would have came forward in the last 30, 40 years. That would be kind of my thought. But yeah. Uh, losing uh, a group of people, obviously, with um, COVID attacking, uh, you know, treating people a little older, a little more harshly than, uh, yeah, we've uh, lost an unprecedented amount of Vietnam veterans to COVID-19 uh, because of, of their age. But uh, weird to tie in the rock ape with that story. Strange. And uh, that is your final story of the, uh, the paranormal news this year. This is kind of crazy. That's it. We're done. It's over. But fear not. We still have 
Uh, we're going to talk about some historical top tens. I'm not going to go into the actual 10 of the top 10, but we're going to kind of take a peek at the top three. I guess that's kind of fair. Maybe some of these have some interesting ones, but uh, the top three, we go way back to 2008. You may or may not remember all this stuff, but uh, Stephenville, Texas had a UFO encounter, a mass UFO encounter uh, that not only civilians saw this, but also the military saw this. Uh, there was a UFO chase, and this also uh, included a, a president at the time, back in 2008. So it was a pretty big story. Uh, I want to say that happened early in the year. Uh, I put uh, UFOs on the map back then, but uh, it wasn't taken as seriously as it is now. We still don't know what happened. Uh, number two on the, the top 10 paranormal news stories of 2008 was the Georgia Bigfoot hoax. I don't know how that wasn't number one. Uh, well, I do know how it wasn't number one. It kind of fell apart. Everybody kind of knew what was happening. Uh, that was with Rick Dyer and Matt Whitten. And uh, Rick Dyer has gone on to be a Bigfoot researcher who's still fooling people. I don't know why. Uh, people still believe this guy, but um, the Georgia Bigfoot hoax was probably the biggest Bigfoot story in the last 10, 12 years. Uh, the number one story that year was the Montauk Monster. And uh, the photo, you've probably seen a million times, but the story is rather weird behind it when people seen this, this creature and then it just disappeared and uh, there was some weird stuff behind people trying to find this thing in a dumpster. It was just, just a strange story behind it, but uh, pretty much just a badger that washed up on a beach. But uh, it was a huge story. Uh, all kinds of animal experts, including Jeff Corwin, were involved in this story, and it just kind of rambled through the news uh, for a number of years. Uh, because in 2009, the number... I only have two here. Uh, 2009 was a really boring year for the paranormal. So I only have two. But uh, the number two story that year was the return of the Montauk monster. So a second creature was seen on the island of Montauk and uh, scared people again. And the original Montauk monster came back in the news that year. Uh, the number one story of 2009, a UFO purportedly struck a wind turbine. In England, a uh, 65-foot blade on a 290-foot-tall wind turbine was obliterated, uh, but it uh, wasn't a UFO. But that was the headline. got a lot of attention, but it ended up just being uh, – it just fell off pretty much, disintegrated, which is pretty scary. A 65-foot blade just kind of falling off. I don't know about that. I don't want to live anywhere near those things. No, thanks. Uh, let's see. 2010, probably one of the more interesting stories. Uh, in October, on October 13th of 2010, there was a prediction of UFOs were going to invade New York City. And, uh, you know, it was kind of funny that uh, this prediction was made. Everyone's like... Um, I guess that was back on September 10th, the actual prediction was made. So uh, Stanley Fulham, 
predicted a tentative show of UFOs over multiple major cities were going to happen on October 13th, 2010. I put this in a book. And uh, believe it or not, on October 13th, 2010, over the skies of New York City, dozens of people witnessed watching UFOs hovering over the city. Uh, there was rumors, and of course this was due to social media. Uh, people were speculating and uh, sharing reports that airports were being shut down in reaction to the UFOs, but uh, neither JFK nor LaGuardia Airport were shut down that day for any reason. Uh, there was a, a radar facility that was evacuated due to a gas smell, and that kind of led to those uh, the uh, report that the airports were being shut down, but it was not the case. Uh, flights were delayed, but nothing was grounded. Uh, there were multiple claims of balloons being let loose that ex actually explained the sightings, but it was pretty weird when you talk about it. I remember talking about it here on the show that, yeah, in September or in October, there's going to be UFOs over major cities. And then all of a sudden on that day, it happened. And that never happens. Uh, most predictions just go by the wayside. doesn't usually mean anything. Uh, the number two story in 2010 Speaking of airports, Shaoshan, China. The airport in Shaoshan, China in August was shut down during a supposed UFO encounter. However, uh, no evidence really ever surfaced that a UFO was involved. But uh, there was definitely a sh shutdown because of something in the area, in the sky. Um, China was a huge hotspot for UFO sightings around that time. Uh, but unfortunately, also, there's always been a huge hotspot for hoaxes as well. Uh, in September, another Chinese airport got shut down. The uh, Baotou Airport in China's Inner Mongolia province it was shut down for almost an hour due to a purported UFO sighting. And that was really the biggest UFO story of the year. But wait, it wasn't. On Monday, September 27th, the number one story, multiple U.S. Air Force officers gathered at the National Press Club in Washington, D.C. to hold a press conference about their knowledge of UFOs. So this is uh, one of the first times that, uh, I mean, this, these meetings have been held before, but this was a big deal. It was covered by the national media. A lot of people laughed about it, but uh, it was actually one of the first times that a story like this dealing with UFOs was actually taken seriously uh, and uh, again held in Washington, D.C. So disclosure was the big word all year in 2010. And, uh, you know, the airport in China stories kind of made people wonder if governments were going to come forward with information or evidence of UFOs. But it didn't happen. Uh, 2011, we had Bigfoot. Bigfoot was actually... The number three story, Finding Bigfoot, the TV show uh, coming out. And uh, big attention on Bigfoot finally. Of course, we know how that ended. They never did find it. Uh, the number two story of 2011, The Aflocalypse. One of the biggest, uh, oh gosh, probably one of the biggest stories that's been drowned out all year. Other than COVID-19 and some of the, there's a few more stories that we'll talk about. But 
Uh, the aflacalypse scared a lot of people. It sounds like a really simple thing, you know, animals dying in large numbers all over the world. Uh, but uh, it did create a little bit of panic, and people thought that the, the Earth was coming to a, an end. Uh, the world was going to collapse. Everything was going to die. Uh, it was kind of a scary thing. Birds falling from the sky, fish uh, dying everywhere, just really weird stuff. Uh, but it was all because we were talking about it. We were putting all these things together. Uh, but the number one story of 2011 took place early in the year and had a lot of people convinced and confused. Uh, it was the Jerusalem UFO videos that took the world by storm. Uh, it only took a few months for MUFON to step forward and say, yes, these were definitely fakes. But that was after numerous people, including myself, put together different things showing that the uh, these multiple videos – and you always – Say, you know, you see this one video of a UFO and you're saying, well, there's a major city or in, a, in an area. Why is there only one person filming this? You'd expect to see multiple angles of the same incident. And this was one of the first times that we've ever seen that. So the Jerusalem UFO videos, I believe there were three original ones. And there was a couple that were added later on that you could tell were not part of the original set. But... Uh, there were some inconsistencies with lighting and different things that uh, made it pretty obvious that this was Photoshop. But it took a few months, and you know, a lot of people were on the fence on this one. So it was really interesting to see how UFO videos and the belief behind them created a little bit of uh, divide with people. Uh, 2012 was a strange year. We all thought the the uh, because of the Mayan calendar, we're, we're all going to die. Uh, but the uh, Higgs boson was discovered by CERN. That was a big story. Also, the number two story that year, the Baltic Sea UFO. You might remember that. Uh, these guys, uh, using radar, they found this object that looked like the Millennium Falcon. Star Wars fame. And boy, did they milk that story for a couple of years. Uh, it was a hoax. But at the time, we thought, you know, maybe this, this is something to this. I didn't think it was a UFO. I thought it was a natural thing. But they seemed, these guys seemed convinced that, man, it was in the media constantly. But uh, they knew what they were doing. And they were just trying to get money, trying to get funding for more dives. Pretty sad. Uh, anyway, the number one story in 2012, Sky Noise. And that's kind of when it all began was uh, 2012 when some of the initial videos came out of, of strange noises coming from the sky that had no natural explanation. That was until 2013. Uh, so 2013, the number three story that year, Dr. Mil Dr. Melba Ketchum had an effort to try to prove Bigfoot with DNA using the Erickson Project, uh, published their own. Uh, work in their own journal, which is not something that you really want to do if you want to be taken seriously. Uh, the number two story, sky noise. Uh, but this time, uh, the sky noise information kind of got ripped apart. Uh, we kind of saw some of this in 2012 with some of the videos being exposed as hoaxes or using noise from other videos in uh, you know, using the the audio track, basically, on other videos. Uh, but this time, we found the original video 
was nothing more than a pavement grinder at a skate park. That was the most convincing video of Sky Noise, and that once that one was uh, revealed, it was all downhill from there. The number one story in 2013, Brian Sykes, who we talked about, uh, passed away this year. Uh, his DNA study, bringing science to cryptozoology and exposed a lot of these Bigfoot sightings is uh, not really, I guess you can't really call them hoaxes, but uh, the purported hair evidence being mostly bears, including Dr. Melba Ketchum's effort to prove Bigfoot. So shot that one down. Uh, 2014, we saw uh, the number three story was ghostly figures at soccer games. Kind of sounds weird. Um, but uh, yeah, during some videos, uh, there was a couple, I think there was two or three of these different videos uh, where people could have swore they saw ghosts or ghostly figures in these videos. There was one where the guy was running through the, uh, like a large hallway, but the, the angle made it look like he was running through the seats and he just disappeared. But, uh, no, it was just a trick of the eye. Yeah, probably a really boring year, 2014, if that's the number three story. Uh, number two was a, a lot of individual UFO sightings turned into MUFON and also a failed Kickstarter campaign. That's still hanging over their heads. Uh, so a lot of triangular and football-sized UFOs uh, appeared in a lot of reports. Uh, MUFON attempted also to create a new reporting website, which I've talked about a number of times. They really need to figure this out. Uh, but their, uh, their attempt at raising money failed. They tried to get uh, $78,000. Uh, they only ended up with, uh, I think, 25000 So I think overall they had somebody donated like twelve grand. So I think it was 37000 or so, which is about... 48,000 short. So, yeah, they didn't do a whole, a very good job of uh, advertising this. There was no advance notice on anything or really getting uh, people involved. There was no press release about it. They just kind of threw it together and put it in their email. And they thought that uh, everyone was going to raise the money. But it was also in mid-November, which isn't the time to start begging for money. Uh, number one story in 2014 was uh, cryptozoology attempting to embrace science. So that's kind of the second year in a row with cryptozoology and science. But uh, this year it was the International Cryptozoology Museum, which announced a new scientific journal. And it really, I don't know, didn't really take off. But I was excited about it. I have the original journal from that year, uh, a lot of other giveaways from that a journal. I was excited about it, but I really haven't heard much since. Uh, things don't always turn out, folks. Sometimes these big stories end up flopping. Uh, 2015. The number three story was misidentified rocket launches. So uh, a number of times people saw these rocket launches, especially in Florida. Uh, this is one in September where people lost their mind. Uh, it was delayed. I remember that much. It was delayed by a week, so people knew this thing was going to launch. But it launched in the early hours of the morning, 
and left this large white streak in the sky and it, it scared a lot of people thought the world was coming to an end the 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 sky was cracking or aliens were invading uh, then in November there was one on the west coast where people lost their minds as well uh, seeing a, a rocket launch uh, in the I guess that one was in the the sunset but uh, these large plumes of smoke that that extend for miles really just kind of fools people's senses and it makes them makes them flip out I guess uh, number two in 2015 was Bigfoot captured on video and photo again and again and again. Uh, 2015, uh, there was a Bigfoot story every week in 2015, and most of these uh, were hoaxes. Uh, there was the one where Bigfoot was like sitting in the swamp. That was a fake. Uh, lots of fakes, lots of fake videos, lots of fake photos, and it really got irritating uh, in 2015 to keep talking about these things. Uh, number one story in 2015 was a pretty big story. I'd put this up probably in the top five of all time that I've been doing this show. Uh, the unfortunate accident on March 6th, 2015 in Spanish, Spanish Fork, Utah, uh, where a woman was driving home from her parents' house in Salem, Utah, uh, going to Springville, 10 miles away. Uh, 25-year-old Lynn Grosbeck lost control of her vehicle, struck a cement barrier, and ended up in the Spanish Fork River with her 18-month-old baby strapped in the car seat in the back of the vehicle. It took 14 hours for someone to see this car. Uh, a fisherman discovered the overturned car in the river and called police. Firefighters and police arrived. They made their way to the vehicle, unsure if anyone was still alive. And at the time, it was reported that all five of the uh, policemen uh, and uh, well, the three policemen, two firefighters, if I remember correctly, uh, at the scene all heard the words "Help me, help me now!" from inside the vehicle, accompanied with screaming. And uh, this fueled the men's efforts into getting in the car quickly and discovered the baby still clinging on to life, bringing her to safety. Uh, unfortunately, Lynn had died in the crash. The 18-month-old girl named Lily was unconscious yet alive, despite being only inches from the freezing water, wearing no gloves or hat. And uh, that was a big story when it broke. Uh, everybody was talking about it. It was a big news thing. Uh, then it was discovered later on that uh, Lynn was uh, under the influence of drugs and that uh, the body cam the videos came out. And you could hear audibly uh, somebody screaming or talking. Uh, but if you look, there's a, a bunch of EMT standing on the bridge. And there's a, a bunch of them kind of down a way that you can hear their voices. And then it's muffled as the men turn away from it. But it's you can tell that it's the, the EMTs that were standing there that were making the noise. So uh, some people still believe in that, that it was a ghost that led them to... Uh, feverishly get the girl out of the vehicle, but uh, they were already working pretty hard to do that at the time. 2016. We're almost there. That was a crazy year. Uh, that was the year of the CERN sacrifice video. That was probably one of the weirdest stories I've ever talked about. Weird. Um, Conjuring 2 was in that year. Uh, Petals the Bear, which I talked about a couple of weeks ago, was also there. 
the number, let's see, number three that year. Oh, gosh. How did I forget this one? The Clown Pandemic. Remember that? 2016. Probably the biggest media story of the entire year outside of the election. I mean, gosh, who could, who could forget that one? Uh, but the uh, clown pandemic that year, why is there always a big story the same year as an election? It's kind of weird. Um, clowns. Clowns were everywhere that year. And I reluctantly covered the story. Uh, I didn't really think it was paranormal. Uh, there was a few people that jumped on this. Uh, Benjamin Bradford, who's tied into the paranormal. And uh, Lauren Coleman was also covering this story. And there was a, a little bit of urban legend and folklore, a little conspiracy theory, but I didn't really feel it was paranormal at the time. But uh, it kind of boarded on it, so I reluctantly started talking about it, and it got out of control, and I stopped talking about it. It was weird to actually see the media not cover stories because of copycat, uh, copycats all over the place. Every time these stories got big, somebody else did something else. So that even the media... Stop talking about it to try to get this story to, to quiet down, which is kind of weird. Uh, the number two story in uh, 2016 was the wow signal follow-up. So the wow signal occurred in 1977. We talked about it a lot here on the show. Uh, part of the SETI project, Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence. Now, a guy named Antonio Paris, who's uh, not a UFO debunker. Uh, but you, gosh, you got to read his books. Just phenomenal, phenomenal uh, viewpoints here. But uh, he's a professor of astronomy at St. Petersburg College in Florida. Now, he feels that um, the wow signal came of two comets that were undiscovered at the time. Uh, he uh, started a, a project to get uh, his own little, I guess, little dish, radio dish set up on a truck so he could... Uh, gather these signals, and he was pretty sure that that was the explanation. Uh, however, a lot of people uh, didn't really agree with it. But uh, this story number two of this year was the kind of the, uh, the hype behind it, getting ready for the actual signs to take place. And kind of I was sad to see the potential uh, wow signal be explained. It actually been down to the... Um, what's left of that place. It's just a uh, telescope little building there. Um, the actual radio telescope is gone. It's a golf course now. Uh, but I've got to see some parts of that machine and, and uh, a copy of the, the printout at Perkins Observatory down near Columbus, Ohio. But uh, I was a little sad for that. But that was your number two story. The number one story of 2016 Probably one of the bigger cryptozoology stories over the course of the last 12 years. Wessie. Yes, Wessie. Wessie was a snake that was purportedly seen in Westbrook, Maine. So why it's called Wessie. Westbrook, Maine. Uh, June 29th. Uh, prior to that, there was the uh, middle of June. People said that they saw the snake on off and on. Through the year, gosh, he had, had even had his own uh, Twitter handle. It was just a, an ongoing story. People seen different things. There was a snake skin that was reportedly seen, but it ended up being a different kind of snake than what was thought to be there. Uh, somebody planted it. It was just a 
a really weird story that just carried on throughout the year. Uh, let's see, 2017. Top three there. Gosh, that was when the, the world was coming to an end. Uh, the eclipse happened that year, but the eclipse didn't make the top three. Also, the Chicago Mothman story didn't even make the top three for me. Amelia Earhart was big in the news, but she was number four on my list. Uh, number three was the Wow Signal Study Findings Reveal. And again, that kind of left people divided. Some people felt that this explained it, and others, even a lot of scientists who don't believe in UFOs, felt that uh, this was not adequate enough to explain away that signal in 1977. The number two story in 2017, scientists state that ghosts do not exist. And that came from a researcher uh, from the uh, from CERN, the European Center for Nuclear Research. Uh, the Had Large Hadron Collider, basically. They said that there's no evidence of any kind of uh, force or or any kind of uh, particles or energy source that could create a ghost. Um, and also uh, other physicists, there's other stories that came out that year pretty much saying the same thing, that uh, um, with, uh, without, you know, it basically goes against the laws of physics. If somebody to die and consciousness to exist without a body or an energy source to maintain it. Uh, it just really goes against the laws of physics, despite what ghost investigators keep saying about the law of thermodynamics. The law of thermodynamics, uh, people always use that uh, energy cannot be created nor destroyed. Well, the problem of that is that's the second law. And... Uh, I'm sorry, that's the first law. But the second law states that energy goes from more useful forms to less useful forms. And in my blog, I talked about the, uh, the fact that we're just walking meat sacks with this little battery of a brain that we have to keep stuffing Cheetos down our throat to uh, maintain that battery. And uh, New Mountain Dew, if you haven't had it, the major melon, really good. Um, shameless plug. But... Then we die, our body decomposes, and you're saying that this energy just remains uncontained, floating, and communicate freely with no energy source. It just doesn't make sense. Uh, there was also a TED Talk on ghosts, which a lot of ghost hunters were excited about, but unfortunately kind of invalidated ghosts uh, with, the, uh, with the talk, talking about carbon monoxide poisoning, which is a highly undervalued potential explanation for ghosts that people don't really talk about enough. And I don't see too many ghost hunters with carbon monoxide testers in their gearboxes or their pelican cases. Uh, the number one story in 2017 was exoplanets and the search for life in outer space. That was the year we talked about Trappist-1. Uh, lots of exoplanets were being found 219 that year. And uh, that was just a, a big year, uh, Kepler-91, Ross-128b, just a, a lot of discoveries of new exoplanets. It was all over the news all year long, and that was 2017. 2018, that was a weird year, well, really not a major year. 
Uh, the Michigan Meteor Madness. Remember that one? January 16th, uh, there was a meteor sighting. Uh, people saw the light in the sky, the flash. There was a fire in a garage that people thought that the meteor actually landed and started. That wasn't true. It was a car fire. Uh, but people flipped out about it. And it was all over the news, social media. Even stranger was the, there was a pastor who actually predicted the meteor event. And I wouldn't have believed it had it not been on a video. And I watched the video. It was pretty astounding. Uh, but it didn't do everything that he thought it would do. But it was still kind of weird. The number two story that year. You know, we talk about this. I talked about the CERN sacrifice being one of the strangest stories. Well, this one, just a little bit stranger. You might remember this happened in September 6th of 2019. The uh, Sunspot Observatory was evacuated. And, sorry, 2018. Yeah, 2018. Got that wrong. So the Sunspot Observatory was evacuated. And the FBI came in with Black Hawk helicopters. I've got a helicopter flying over me right now. It's just weird. Uh, purportedly swirling above local police had no idea what was going on and despite numerous efforts nobody could figure out what was going on for days uh, which led to a, a lot of speculation and accusations and uh, the media couldn't figure this out and uh, ended up the uh, the FBI just evacuated it because there was uh, threats behind an individual who was working there who uh uh, they thought it was going to snap. And this guy was up to some no good stuff. Uh, but uh, not quite the, the outcome that people thought this was going to be. Uh, the number one story of 2018, sadly, the death of Art Bell. Uh, huge story. I was amazed at how many people uh, really reflected on Art Bell. Uh, musicians, actors. Uh, people in the media, everybody stepping forward and, and giving their uh, condolences for the passing of Art Bell. And Art Bell, obviously, uh, we would not have paranormal news. We would not have all these paranormal radio shows had it not been for Art Bell. I really think he paved the way for most people. Uh, I was a fan. I don't think he really influenced me to be on this show. I've always wanted to do radio stuff. But uh, obviously, the massive amount of, of paranormal radio shows uh, i really think that he he started and it, really the fascination for people to be involved in this field uh, any paranormal field i think he's highly influenced people uh 2019 a weird year we had thylacine that year um boy we had the alligator the year of the alligators this is really my story I don't think too many people were covering that story. The FBI talking about Bigfoot stories. Remember that one? Uh, let's see. Number three was the U.S. Navy documenting and categorizing UFOs and the To the Stars Academy drama on the rocks where they posted pictures of their purported uh, rock that had no explanation, but it actually was taken from a website. I got in a little trouble over that one. Uh, number two, believe it or not, was only number two. Uh, that was Storm Area 51. How did we forget that one, huh? Started in June 27th and it ended 
with hardly a flutter in uh when was that september yeah it just it just kind of fizzled out faded away uh number one story last year another sad number one the passing of stanton friedman uh, the sudden passing of stanton friedman who man i mean this you think of ufos and ufo research this was the guy i mean he made roswell a household name he i mean he made Area 51, a household name. This guy is the guy that's responsible for the resurgence in UFO research from the 1980s to today. And uh, his passing really, really hurts the UFO field. And it was really sad to have back-to-back years where we had uh, sad stories like that. And uh, unfortunately, maybe this year we have another one, but who knows? So 2020, the year that was, we had so many different stories that could have potentially made the top 10. Uh, We had uh, the series of uh, stolen Bigfoot statues. We had one in California that was pretty much the headliner of that, but we had a number of those all year long. Who could forget in September the Yowie dropping story where a guy took a picture of Yowie droppings on a tree stump? Uh, New Jersey UFO stunned drivers. People were pulling over to the side of the road to film a UFO, uh, almost a, a bunch of accidents. People were lining the roads, taking a video of this thing, which turned out to be uh, the Goodyear blimp that was in town for Monday Night Football. Uh, who could forget the Iceland waterfall creature? Remember that video? Uh, we talked about Scotland's wild wallabies. There was even a Texas sky noise story this year crop circles were eh, fairly big but not big enough to crack the top 10 this year uh random bigfoot sightings and bigfoot was also probably known this year more so than ever as the social distancing champion i mean he's usually the hide and seek champion this year crowned the social distancing champion Uh, we had a woolly mammoth story Uh, one story i really wanted to be bigger than what it was was about the cotopaxi uh, the ship that uh, is tied to the Bermuda Triangle, but that uh, kind of fell flat. It was also in uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Remember the one that was in the desert? Dakota Paxi. Uh, Willie Mammoth had a story. I talked about that. Uh, SETI at Home came to an end. Uh, we had a dragon sighting this year. Uh, the Gettysburg Ghost video. Uh, the haunted dog that escaped with Zach Bagans kind of being behind that. Uh, Project Blue Book TV show came to an end this year. Uh, Some more alligator sightings, but not as big as last year. I already talked about the Washington State Bigfoot sightings. Uh, There was also the Wisconsin Bigfoot Bulletin that resurfaced back from a few years ago. Uh, Who could forget about the workout ghost video that had a logical explanation? And the uh, big Brazil UFO crash that never happened. And of course... The story that uh, almost broke the top 10, the Utah monolith that uh, ended up being monoliths popping up all over the world and being destroyed just as quickly. Sad story. Uh, But uh, our top 10 this year to uh, kind of uh, rehash that before we debut the number two and number one story of the top 10 paranormal news stories for 2020 
So the number 10 story was the MUFON director being arrested. Jan Harzan arrested for some really dirty stuff. And it does not help MUFON at all. You know, having the director of a large UFO organization arrested, it's, it's a pretty big deal. Uh, it came and went, flashed in the pan, haven't heard anything since. Uh, number nine was Lake Monsters Other Than Loch Ness. We don't always get a lot of lake monster stories, so it was a, a really impressive year with some uh, big trending stories from Argentina, uh, the Champ Challenge here in the United States, and uh, as well as the China-South Korea story. Uh, number eight was the death of Mad Mike Hughes, who had his steam-powered rocket ships that uh, unfortunately crashed in the California desert. Uh, he was known for the flat earth theories, although he just used that as a gimmick to get attention. And it worked. Absolutely worked. On uh, number seven, the SpaceX UFOs. So SpaceX, uh, their rocket launches and their satellites of Starlink have caused a number of UFO sightings this year all over the world. And uh, that ties into... Uh, some other stories. Uh, Arecibo was the number six story. Uh, the telescope was damaged twice with cable breaks and ultimately collapsed. Ah, very sad story. Probably the worst story of the year for me. Uh, number five was the mysterious Western U.S. drones. That story took place uh, earlier this year. We probably don't even remember that one. Well, number four was the Loch Ness Monster sightings. The catfish hoax as well as the radar sightings. And the number three story was the U.S. government research on UFOs. That story seemed to linger all year long here in the paranormal. And our number two story of 2020 is... Well, I always want to get a drummer in here to do a drum roll, but he never shows up. Uh, the number two story this year is UFO reports... On the rise. Uh, so the number seven story this year was the increase of UFO sightings that were attributed to SpaceX Starlink satellites, as I mentioned. And we also heard dozens, if not hundreds, of stories documenting the rise of UFO sightings here in 2020. Now, a lot of people felt this was due to the pandemic and the lockdowns. People were stuck at home. But um, earlier this year, we had... Uh, story even b before the pandemic started. This was uh, mid-January, and this one focused on New Fork, the National UFO Reporting Center, which was created in 1974. It's been uh, operated by Peter Davenport since 1994. It's basically uh, him and a web uh, web designer. It's pretty much it. It's a two-man show, pretty much. Uh, New Fork uh, stays relevant by pushing stories into the media. And in early 2020, noted that 2019 had a surge in cases. So in 2018, New Fork reported 3,395 reports. And in 2019, 5,971. So New Fork is only focused on the United States, uh, but does include other countries in their database every now and again. Uh, but again, that's just one organization. And... Uh, but we saw it all year long. And Belgium made uh, the news. So Belgium didn't have any reports for the month of March to MUFON. Uh, but an article in early April 
from the Telegraph says that uh, Belgium had a record month of UFO sightings. According to the article, there were 87 reports in March and 188 for the year of 2020 at that point. Uh, three factors were brought up. First, COVID-19, the lockdowns, uh, certainly narrowed the country's attention. It kept every, everybody uh, kind of on edge. They had nothing else to do. Second was the weather. It was clear for much of the month in Belgium. And uh, the third big thing, I think is the biggest, was March 28th to April 1st. There were at least 50 reports of a row of lights moving from west to east. Uh, these turned out to be the Starlink satellites, again, by Elon Musk's SpaceX company, uh, which ties into the our previous story. Uh, we also had, uh, let's see, United Kingdom uh, stated that the coronavirus pandemic sparked a 30-year high in UFO sightings worldwide. That uh, wasn't exactly true. Um and again, that story tied into the Starlink satellites and the uh, new fork again in September made the news saying that there was a 51% increase in reports of uh, 2020 through the same time last year. And uh, both, well, MUFON actually, uh, they had a historical month of April with 1,026 reports. Uh, Peter Davenport uh, re reported over 5,000 UFO reports for 2020, with 20% of those taking place in April. So April, a big month in UFOs. <clears throat> but again, lockdowns. We also had the news of the UFO research in, here in the United States, but that was a worldwide story. So people had UFOs on the brain. So uh, there's a lot of things that go into these UFO reports. And I talk about it here when I, when I talk about the MUFON sighting statistics every month. Um, you know, these are, could be the same reports by multiple people. Uh, these could be historical reports. So these could be reports that happened 20 years ago. They just happen to uh, think about it now, which I think is a, another big case for the uh, spike. We saw this about five, six years ago. Uh, when Hangar 1 was on TV, it was uh, getting people to think about UFO sightings and UFO sightings increased. Does that mean that UFOs are on the increase? Not exactly. Um, but yeah, they, a lot of people think that the Pentagon's official release of those UFO tapes had a lot to do with it, with it as well. I don't think there's one explanation. I think there's multiple explanations as to why this occurred. So why did the story make the top 10? And I would say it's not a stretch to say that probably every single U.S. state ran an article about an increase in UFO sightings since last year. And it was also a topic worldwide. And uh, I tell you, even just today, uh, there's a couple of more stories coming out about an increase in UFO sightings. Uh, but in reality, yes, there was a spike earlier this year. Uh, but the numbers with New Fork and MUFON actually returned I don't know if you call it to normal, but to numbers more in line with the rest of the year. But actually this year, if you take away that spike of a month, UFO reports are actually lower than what they were. And MUFON's numbers have uh, been slowly dwindling. And this was also uh, reported 
by a couple of different people within those organizations that uh, or within MUFON that said that yeah, UFO sightings are actually going down, but uh, you know people are focused on the new fork numbers and the excitement for potential UFOs or I should say UAPs. Uh, but again, with the support of SpaceX as well as the government release of the UAP investigations, along with the announcement of a task force investigating them, no wonder people feel as though there was an increase in sightings. So why is that story only number two? Well, there really wasn't much of a bump in sightings. The sightings have actually been down over the course of the last few years. And of course, there's a number one story that had a much bigger effect on the world. And I don't think it's a big surprise to people that the number one story this year is COVID-19. It shuts down the world and the paranormal with it. Um, not just that, but there's also a, a few strange stories that accompanied this. Uh, one happened in February, just kind of before we really focused a lot about it. Um, they felt uh, there was these uh, researchers, and this is not the first time that they published similar things about this, but they felt that a um, they weren't looking at monkey brains or bats or anything. They felt the culprit to the coronavirus, which would become COVID-19, uh, was a fireball over northern China. They felt that the had uh, introduced a, this disease from space, but it was largely ignored. Uh, then we also had uh, in March, as uh, toilet paper, hand sanitizer, and sanitizing wipes fell out of uh, stock everywhere, all over the world. People were uh, filling up their garages with toilet paper, I guess. Uh, we had governments begin to limit the number of people in gatherings. There were stay-at-home orders. Uh, this began the domino effect that led to the cancellation or rescheduling of dozens of paranormal conferences and conventions. But you can just take a look at my list at paranewsinsider.com. It's a disaster with cross-outs and reschedules. And everything is pretty much due to down to 2021. There was a few that went off without a hitch, but uh, obviously a lot less people in attendance. And uh, this was the first year that I physically did not go to an event in probably 12 years myself. So just a really weird year in the conference scene. A lot of people lost money. Uh, it was a really disengaging year for the paranormal. And obviously it affected everybody, all sorts of conferences, uh, all sorts of get-togethers, uh, seasons, everything, you'd name it. Uh, but it was uh, felt heavily in the paranormal. And uh, March also brought a couple of interesting coincidences and conspiracies. You might remember the Dean Koontz book, The Eyes of Darkness, this story where he predicted, or so-called predicted, a virus named the Wuhan 400. Of course, it was just a book. But there was another book, Sylvia Brown's book, End of Days, Predictions and Prophecies about the End of the World. And the great Kim Kardashian West, you know, so many followers and she's an influencer and all these other things. So everybody felt that if she thinks it's true, it's got to be true. Because it came from her sister, Courtney, of course. And uh, of course, but uh, Sylvia Brown, she did make a prediction about a severe pneumonia-like illness that's going to spread throughout the globe, attacking the lungs and bronchial tubes and resisting all known treatments. Now, it was a really generic prediction. 
and most of it's untrue. It just sounds really impressive, but when you when you take a look at it closely, it's very vague, which uh, these kind of things generally look at vagueness. And uh, she even predicted her death wrong. She said she would die 11 years after what she really did. Uh, she, her numerous predictions went wrong. She was uh, convicted of fraud, grand theft, and larceny back in 1992. And uh, just, yeah, I don't know. People just fell in love with that story. But uh, we all needed a distraction. So why that story was number one, I think it's obvious. Yeah, even if you didn't get sick, pretty much everybody in the world was affected by COVID-19 from one reason or another. Uh, I know plenty of people that have gotten sick, uh, plenty of people who have lost jobs, uh, plenty of people who have uh, just suffered in different ways because of this. And while many businesses suffered, the paranormal conference scene was essentially shut down, although some events, like I said, did go on with planned limited attendees uh, or using video conferencing software. Haunted houses took a lot, talked a lot about this during the year. Haunted houses took a hit. And of course, Halloween wasn't the same. Then again, all the holidays uh, either took a hit or contributed to small outbreaks. I mean, think about it. Ireland. Ireland had no bars open on St. Patrick's Day. That's insane. Uh, and, of course, a couple of these stories led to conspiracy theories about the pandemic. And, you know, it affected everybody. But uh, it, it would be really silly of me to say that that wasn't the number one story when it really was globally the number one story. Nobody thought... It would happen. It would be as big as what it did. Uh, we try. We kind of played it off here on the show, too. I mean, I didn't think it would be where we're at right now with this thing. Uh, but it is what it is and what it was. And hopefully, as we turn the page to 2021, vaccines are here. Uh, we can move past this and we can become uh, less afraid to go out into public. And we can uh, hang out with our friends and our family. And we can move on with our lives. And hopefully the new normal will go away and we can go back to the old normal, which is what I want to do. And we can all just become what we were and move on with all this stuff. But uh, we got a little ways to go. But 2020 is almost over. New Year's Eve, Eve, Eve. So just a few days from now, we can celebrate. Uh, raise your champagne or your grape juice, whatever you want to do, and celebrate. And, of course, be careful, and I will see you next year. But for now, keep your eyes in the skies, your ears in the woods, the hair standing on the back of your neck, and always keep your mind slightly ajar. Above all else, like Journey says, don't stop believing. For the Paranormal News Insider, this is Dr. Brian D. Parsons reporting. <laughs>